0: Good morning and welcome to worship. Whether you're here in the sanctuary or whether you're joining us online, we are glad you are with us. Thank you, Carol's, for sharing. You know, during this series where we're going to be looking at, you know, what is your story? We're going to look at the story of different characters from Scripture. You know, it is a beautiful time for testimony, for people to share how God has worked in their lives. And we appreciate Michael and Carol, Michael and Carol, Michael and Courtney, (laughs) for doing that this morning, how God intervened through a program at a church. It's always a blessing when we share, when we get to hear those stories of how God steps in. And it is in his presence among the people of God, as we seek to live according to God's plan instead of our own, that he does his work to intervene and change us. If you happen to be visiting, we are happy that you're here or streaming for the first time, and I am Pastor Ann, in case you don't know me and haven't met me, Uh, and we're so glad that you are here to share in this community of faith today, where we are so committed to sharing in hope, living with purpose for the sake of others. Last week, as we began this series, we heard uh, the story of Leah from the Old Testament and how God blessed her when he realized how unloved she felt by her husband. It took a while, several years, three, four children later, as it often does for us. It takes us a while, too, for Leah to realize that the love of God was more important than anything of this world. Today, we're going to be looking at, a, at another character from Scripture. We're going to look at Matthew, or sometimes called Levi, the tax collector, who became an apostle and the author of the Gospel of Matthew. So if you will turn with me to Matthew 9, verses 9 to 13. Let's hear the word of God. On hearing this, Jesus said, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks Thanks be be to God. Let's pray. Dear most gracious God, as we listen to the story of Matthew this morning, we ask that you just send your Holy Spirit to speak into our hearts, that we might see how maybe there's something here that relates to us and to others. So, Lord, we just ask for your Spirit to cover this place, and it is in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit we pray. Amen. So exactly who was Matthew? What was his story? Scripture actually tells us very little about him. There are only seven times in the whole of Scripture that his name is mentioned. His call story is in all three of the synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. So that's three times. So that means there are only four more times that he's even mentioned in Scripture. But there must be an important message for us here, because it's in all three Gospels. So let's look at what we do know about Matthew. First off, Matthew was a Jew who had been appointed by the Roman government to be a tax collector. Second, Jesus noticed him sitting in the tax collector's booth, and he called Matthew to follow him. We know that Matthew got up and immediately left everything and followed Jesus. We also know that Matthew became one of the 12 disciples, meaning that he was an eyewitness to the life and the ministry of Jesus. We know that Matthew was the author or is the author of the gospel of Matthew. But these facts, as few as they are, can help us to understand who Matthew was and how his life was changed by knowing Jesus. So let's start with that first fact. Matthew was a tax collector. Now again, he was contracted by the Roman Empire to collect taxes from his fellow Jews in Capernaum. And as a tax collector... He would have had a talent for keeping track of things, for being a scribe. He probably would have identified with Michael real well. He didn't have spreadsheets, but, but he probably had little ledgers. He kept track of the details of how many taxes were owed by a person, how much they had paid, And any outstanding balances. And of course, I'm sure that there probably was interest on those outstanding balances. So he had to figure that out and keep track of that as well. These were gifts that he would later use in writing his gospel account. All those details that he remembered about Jesus and the experiences he had. But working for Rome was seen as an action of betrayal to the people around him. A a tax collector was the most reviled profession in ancient Judaism. But that's not all. The, The Jews looked on tax collectors as the embodiment of sin. Because while they were allowed to take a commission on the taxes they collected, most of them overcharged, and kept the profits. In other words, they aligned their pockets. They cheated the people in order to get rich. Chances are Matthew would have been treated with hostility by all around him, except perhaps those others who were tax collectors as well. He's depicted in the series, The Chosen, for those of you who have not seen it, but The Chosen, he was depicted as one who was rejected and scorned by everybody, all of his countrymen, and even his own family turned their back on him, and they didn't want to have anything to do with him. But then comes Jesus. Jesus sees Matthew, and he notices him. But not only does Jesus see and notice Matthew, Jesus then invites Matthew to follow him. Now I want you to pause for just a couple minutes and think about that. Think about how that probably affected Matthew. This man who felt unwelcome and unwanted by almost everyone he knew, had just been invited to go with Jesus. Invited. A personal invitation. Now, we're not told whether Matthew had heard Jesus speak before or not. We don't know that. But we do know that this man, who most people ignored or treated with hostility, has just received an invitation From Jesus. And so what does he do? He gets up, he leaves everything, and he follows Jesus. Someone, Jesus, wanted to be with him. He who was excluded by most people had just been included by invitation, no less. Now, the really cool thing is, Jesus wants that for you and for me. He wants to be with us, too. He wants to include us, too. So how does Matthew react to this sudden invitation? We're told that he simply gets up, leaves everything, and follows Jesus. This man, this tax collector who was probably among one of the wealthier people in his community due to his profession of cheating, suddenly turns away from all of that to follow Jesus. His focus and his attention has suddenly completely changed. He turns. He repents. Remember that word repent means to turn. He repents, and he goes in a different direction. But he doesn't just stop there. He has been included by Jesus, and he wants other people to experience what he has experienced. To no longer be excluded, but to be included. To experience acceptance and inclusion, Now, the Luke version of this story says it this way. Then Levi held a great banquet for Jesus at his house, and a large crowd of tax collectors and others were eating with them. Earlier, I mentioned that Matthew's call story is recorded in all three of the Gospels, the Synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And the interesting fact is that in Matthew and Luke... That tax collector is named Levi, whereas in the Gospel of Matthew, he's identified as Matthew. Now, there are two possible explanations for this. It could be that from birth, he had that name, Matthew Levi. Or it could be that the name changed following his conversion, following his following Jesus. Sometimes in scripture, we see names changing, and that coincides with God's call on a person's life. And it represents not only a major change in their identity, but also a major change in their purpose. With this party, we see a change in Matthew. He's no longer rejected. He has been accepted by Jesus, and he wants others to experience that same acceptance he's experienced such joy by Matt, by Jesus's invitation that he's throwing a party and inviting those who otherwise might not be invited he wants to share what he has received but then we hear that the Pharisees see this party and They they look at Jesus eating with tax collectors and sinners. And of course, they have something to say, right? Yeah. Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners, they ask? The Pharisees considered themselves and the religious teachers, of which Jesus was considered a religious teacher, to be above the sinners and the tax collectors, to be better than. Cleanliness was very important to them, and they saw those sinners and tax collectors as being unclean. And they thought that by meeting and being with someone who was unclean, that that would make you unclean. They were more concerned with remaining holy and clean than being compassionate and encouraging others. But God is concerned with all people, including the sinful and the hurting. And Jesus is demonstrating just that. His response emphasizes it even more, because he says to those Pharisees, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick But go and learn what this means. He's directing this straight to those Pharisees. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Of course, the Pharisees were not showing any signs of mercy. They were simply judging the people unclean and then excluding them. So Jesus letting them know in no uncertain terms, that showing mercy to others was much, much more important than making sacrifices. Now, the rest of the story, as we know it, is that Matthew's life changed with Jesus. No longer was he excluded. Although we don't have many details about him personally, we do have the gospel that he wrote telling us of all that he saw and all that he heard and all that he experienced as he walked with Jesus. He was no longer excluded. Matter of fact, he was part of the closest 12 that walked with Jesus day in and day out. He belonged to and he belonged with God. Now, there's something really, really important in this story that's happened in the call story of Matthew, and we don't want to miss it. And I think to help us to understand it a little bit better, I want to back up just a little bit and see what had just happened prior to Jesus calling Matthew. So we're going to look at Matthew 9, verses 1 to 8. Hear the word of God. Jesus stepped into a boat, crossed over, and came to his own town. Some men brought to him a paralyzed man lying on a mat. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the man, Take heart, son. Your sins are forgiven. At this, some of the teachers of the law said to themselves, This fellow is blaspheming. Knowing their thoughts, Jesus said, Why do you entertain evil thoughts in your heart? Which is easier, to say your sins are forgiven or to say get up and walk? But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, get up, take your map, and go home. Then the man got up and went home. When the crowd saw this, they were filled with awe, and they praised God. Prior to the calling of Matthew, Jesus had just healed a paralyzed man. This healing took place when the man was brought to Jesus by the faith of his friends. They had faith that Jesus could do a healing work in his life. The first words out of Jesus' mouth were, Take heart, son, your sins are forgiven. And, of course, again, we hear those Pharisees, the teachers of the law, saying silently. They were thinking it, but Jesus knows. (coughs) They accused Jesus of blasphemy. Jesus knows their thoughts, and he confronts them with these questions. Why do you entertain evil thoughts in your hearts? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or get up and walk. And then Jesus continues, I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So then he says to the paralyzed man, get up, take your mat and go home. And the man gets up and goes home. We're told that the crowd was filled with awe and praised God. In this story, Jesus realized healing needed to take place. The paralyzed man, like Matthew, had probably lived with a sense of being excluded. There were many things he couldn't do that he couldn't participate in because of his physical condition. But we might notice that Jesus didn't start with the physical. He knew he needed physical healing, but he recognized in this paralyzed man first that he needed spiritual healing. And he took care of that first by declaring the forgiveness of the man's sins. Without looking back at this story, we might miss the fact that Matthew, too, was in need of healing, spiritual healing. Matthew's experiences of being rejected and reviled by those around him had left him wounded. But Matthew and the paralyzed man both were in need of spiritual healing. Their spirit needed to be healed. And maybe some of us need our spirits to be healed today as well. Only Jesus can do that for us. Just as Matthew was filled with joy, though, and he threw a party to introduce others to Jesus, I can only imagine that that once paralyzed man went home, probably dancing down the street all the way, and sharing with others about his healing. What about you? Are you in need of healing today? We all have a story of our life in this world. Do you have a clear picture of what yours was, your story? We have an identity that's shaped by our worldly experiences. But the other question is, is do you have a story of your life with Jesus? Because Jesus wants to give us all a new identity. No matter what your story may be, it can change here in the presence of God. Jesus is inviting all of us to come and follow Him. I'd like to close with the words of Jesus from Matthew 11:28 to 30, from the message version of the Bible. and I just this is one of my very all-time favorite scriptures, because he says it so beautifully. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced Rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Come, walk with Jesus and allow his spirit to empower us to help others see that their story can change too. In his love. Amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Jesus, we thank you for the invitation that you always give us. It's an open invitation. And at any time, we can come. Sometimes, Lord, though we choose our own path and we choose our our own way, rather than come to you. But Lord, help us all to know that you want to change our stories. You want to heal those hurt places. You want to help us see who you created us to be, what you created us to do. And Lord, you want to impact the world around us through the change you make in our lives and in our hearts. That others will come to know you through our witness and our testimony. And it is in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit we pray. Amen.